Week three is in the books. This is Spin Moves for August 29th, 2016. I'm your host, Luke Bisson, from Intentional Grounding. And uh, I want to go through the second half of the uh, game lineups real quick. Uh, This is being done uh, right after the Sunday game. So it's Monday, so we'll, we'll just call it Monday. Uh, starting off on, uh, from the Saturday games, there were six of them. The first one was Kansas City 23, Chicago 7. On my list here, I have the Kansas City. Uh, they look ready to compete in, in their division for you know the title. Uh, they looked really strong going out there. Uh, even with uh, Jamal Charles and Trakandrick West out, Smith looked really good, and he was getting the ball to both targets, mainly Macklin and Kelsey. Uh, Chicago, however, did not look good. Uh, Kansas City had 239 yards in the first half compared to Chicago's 20. 2-0. And yes, uh, Jay Cutler did start. Kevin White was out there. Kevin White, as a matter of fact, had one catch for four... Or, I'm sorry, one catch on four targets for three yards. So... It's not looking the best for Chicago right now. As a matter of fact, Kansas City had 16 first downs compared to Chicago's two in the first half. Needless to say, a lot of work needs to be done. Fingers crossed it works out for Kevin White. Uh, Elshon Jeffrey. Uh, I hope people bought outside of Chicago this year. Uh, next one we have Detroit 9, Baltimore 30. Uh, the good news is Baltimore won, and they got back uh, Joe Flacco, who did moderately well. Uh, the bad news is they lost uh, Benjamin Watson, their tight end, for the season with an Achilles tendon on his right foot. The injury was sustained on the first play from scrimmage. Those are always the worst. I'm reminded of Tom Brady tearing his ACL years ago <laughs> at the beginning of the first game of the season. Uh, Stafford and company uh, need to create more offense. Uh, looking at the game as a whole, they need to figure out how to do this post-Megatron. <laughs> I mean, they have three guys there now in Golden Tate, uh, Anquan Bolden, and Marvin Jones that are, you know, fine. They need And, and they were spread out. You know, they each had their own number of targets and everything but they're missing that punch of a true number one. So they're going to have to get creative in how to figure out how to make it work uh, by spraying the ball. And uh, it just wasn't happening. Now, uh, the third point that I have from the game is that uh, Kenneth Dixon was injured, and when Terrence West came in, he did really well, which as a Browns fan uh, makes me sad to see. (laughs) But... Uh, it looks like he's poised to take over the backup role for Justin Forsett. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts. I still think Kenneth Dixon will uh, ultimately take that over and eventually get the starting role. But we've seen Lorenzo Taliaferro come in here and guys like him. So it's 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 a mishmash. It's, it's going to be difficult to put it down officially. But right now, Terrence West appears to be the guy to go grab all sneaky-like on waivers if possible. In the third game, we have uh, Philadelphia 33, Indy 23. 
Um, first thing I noticed when I'm looking at the uh, uh, numbers and everything is that Carson Wentz didn't play at all. Now, granted, he is having the rib injury, so that's not a surprise uh, so much in that sense, but they didn't do bad without him being in there. The number two pick is a quarterback, and you've got uh, Sam Bradford and Chase Daniels out there doing well enough to put this game away. So I honestly think that you may not see him at all this season. Uh, Looking at it, a second note I have, this one on the indie side of the ball. Dante Moncrief looks ready to become a wide receiver too, not only in his offense, but in this league. As a matter of fact, I think that Indy, because of their lack of a defense and potentially a lack of a running game, if anything happens to Gore, I think that they have one of the few offenses that can sustain two wide receivers in the top 24 in both Hilton and Moncrief. Would not be surprised if at the end of the season that's not just a uh, statement being said here in this little spin moves, but is an actuality. Uh, finally, uh, DGB scored a touchdown, and uh, I think this move may have been good for him because it looked like it was a good touchdown. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Tennessee's not being laughed at by midseason. If DGB sitting there with you know, getting some offense on the board for him, and all they got out of it was that swing uh, guard tackle. Moving on to the fourth game, it was the Giants 21 and the Jets 20 for the Battle of New York. Uh, the starting, uh, uh, the, the first teams for each side uh, were not spectacular at all. Eli did nothing, and well, Fitzpatrick did enough by getting a touchdown to Decker. But for the most part, there was really nothing that stood out. Uh, Victor Cruz played his first game since 2014, where he caught one ball for four yards. Besides that, that's the story. You know, for that game in particular, that it was my my snoozer of the week so far. Uh, fifth game was uh, Tennessee 27, Oakland 14. I. Uh, really thought this was nice because for as far as the quarterbacks go, both looked really good. Although, watching the game, it appears to me that Marcus Mariota may be relegated as more of a uh, moving-the-ball quarterback. He's going to be a time manager because if he's got two running backs in Henry and Murray that seem to be able to do everything that they you know that they need to get done. So you could see him throwing the balls between the 20s, getting him down there, and then if they're close enough, they're just going to run the ball in and so you may see Mariota missing out on some touchdowns. That said though, Tajay Sharp did look pretty good. Um, but also Andre Johnson caught three balls on four targets for 65 yards. So Andre Johnson may be a factor in the game for Tennessee. Now on the other side of the ball, where for Oakland, uh, DeAndre Washington, <laughs> he went 8 for 55 on the ground, and he had three catches for negative two yards. Yes, okay, so he had negative two yards, but he scored a touchdown. And so I, I really think that, obviously, a long time ago, he, he settled in as the backup to Latavius Murray. 
But I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes more of a committee. And you're going to see DeAndre Washington taking away snaps. He's going to be taking away targets. It's all going to come down to how Washington can pass block on third down. In the next game was St. Louis 9, Denver 17. Uh, First things first, Trevor Simeon's locked up starting quarterback duties for Denver. Uh, (laughs) I remember... It was four weeks ago, this being something that was still laughable. You know, there's no way that Sanchez and Paxton Lynch are going to, you know, be relegated to backups. Well, looking at it now, Paxton Lynch is the backup to Trevor Simeon, and Mark Sanchez is on the roster bubble. So, you know, we're going to be doing on our podcast on Tuesday a rundown of names that have come out that have been released because the deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. and we'll be taping around 9 p.m. that evening. So we will have all of the uh, players of note and uh, we will be going through them and I wouldn't be surprised if Mark Sanchez's name is on that list. Uh, Farrell Cooper for um, uh, the St. Louis wide receiver that was drafted this year. He appears to be the front runner for both kickoff and punt returns. Plus... He's getting in on some actual passes in the game uh, with the second team. So I think that he is going to be one that sticks. And this is interesting because you had a lot of wide receivers get drafted or picked up by St. Louis in this offseason. Farrell Cooper, uh, Mike Thomas, Duke Williams, and uh, McRoberts. So, I mean, and those are just the ones that are off the top of my head. There were, I believe, six in all. But out of that group, Farrell Cooper seems to be standing out, at least on special teams, and that's how you make the team. On the Denver side of the ball, Ronnie Hillman was basically another name that I expected to see on the list come Tuesday. But he put up five runs for 45 yards and a touchdown in the game, so he may have saved himself. I don't think he's going to get back above Booker as the ba- as the true backup, but... I think that he may have saved himself to have a C.J. Anderson, Devontae Booker, and Ronnie Hillen backfield. Could be interesting. The only problem I see with it, though, when it comes to Hillman, as far as fantasy goes, is he's way too erratic. I would never take him, but I feel that he's more secure than um, a Capri Bibbs. Now, looking at the next game at San Diego 10, Minnesota 23, Melvin Gordon scores again. And he also put up four carries for 51 yards. And he had one catch for five yards. So he is he's doing the things that he needs to do. I think, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think that you're going to see Woodhead be toned down and they're going to be giving Melvin Gordon the ball. So if there is someone out there that's, that has Melvin Gordon but is like, Ugh, what am I going to do with him? Try to get him on the low. Um, sell up the fact that 2017 is coming and and all these running backs are going to be coming out and attempt to get him for a, a second, a 2017 second, see if somebody bites. Because I think that you're going to be able to get some quality starts out of him this year when everyone is basically going to be thinking that Woodhead is still the guy. Uh, but it's not all good news out there in San Diego as far as the running backs go. Uh, return man... Brandon Oliver also had an Achilles injury, and it looks like, reports aren't official yet, but it looks like 
it could be a tear. So they may be looking for another return person to be taking the ball back. And then finally in that game, Stefan Diggs had a great game. Uh, he went 5 for 71 on, on all five. He caught all five of his targets. I think that you're going to see him be the number one this year, and you're going to see Treadwell uh, more so be the the inside guy that's he's going to be the scrapper. So you're going to see him probably be the second um, uh, targeted player from as far as the passing game goes. Um, but people who took Treadwell at 102 or 103... <laughs> uh, Granted, in Dynasty, we don't sit there and attempt to get immediate results. We were spoiled from 2014 when it came to wide receivers, and even a little bit last year with, like, Amari Cooper. But in reality, we can't sit there and expect uh, every person to start immediately. So take that for what it's worth. However, with Treadwell, I feel like there was this feeling of urgency with him that he was going to become someone that we were able to depend on quickly. And that doesn't it's not appearing that it's going to be that. Uh, right now I feel that player may be Shepard. I feel that player may be Mike Thomas. I even feel that player might be Boyd in Cincinnati. But it appears that your big three uh, between you know, Treadwell, Coleman, and Doxon you're going to be waiting a little bit before you see their talent shine through, so I hope that doesn't get lost. Uh, moving on to the Arizona game. It's Arizona 24, Houston 34. Uh, Tyler Irvin looks like he's taking over the kick return duties, uh, which is really good if you are in a kick return league. He'd be a nice grab in the fourth round when no one's looking. Alfred Blue still appears to be the backup to Lamar Miller, but I wouldn't be surprised if eventually Irvin supplants that from Blue because Blue was just a guy. Uh, looking at the uh, quarterback situation, Brock Osweiler is settling in quite nicely. Looking at the game, he went over 100 yards passing, did really well, and he he is making Fuller... Will Fuller is looking so good on that offense, and... As a Will Fuller owner in a couple of leagues, I'm very happy to see that because I got him I got him once in the second and once in the third. But as a nuke owner, I'm not liking this at all because I feel that if I don't move nuke soon, it's going to his his overall value is going to drop a little bit now that there's a a, a comprehensive number two out there. So uh, going forward, I mean, I still have Nuke as a, you know, fourth overall, maybe even fifth overall. Maybe A.J. Green finally takes over uh, going ahead of him and everything. But if I can find someone to buy right now at that value, I am selling, selling, selling because I think that he will be a low-end wide receiver one if Fuller is able to keep up what he's doing during the preseason. Uh, finally, for that game, uh, the score really doesn't tell you just how bad it was for Arizona. Um, Arizona, as of the halftime, it was 10 to 30, 10 to 31 in favor of Houston. As a matter of fact, by that point, I believe the only score was the uh, David Johnson three-yard rush touchdown, um, and then a field goal. But it's 
it's going to be interesting to see in Arizona how they're going to make it work. I mean, now granted, they're uh, out of the out of the big three wide receivers, only Floyd seemed to be in there. Uh, obviously, John Brown, and he's having his concussion issues where he came back and then he was taken off again, and. I don't believe Fitz was out there at all. He didn't have any statistics in this game. So, you know, it's not like they were, you know, a full go or whatnot. But still, I mean, going up against Houston's defense without J.J. Watt, I was expecting a little bit more from the uh, first team of Arizona. And then finally tonight, uh, Cincinnati 21, Jacksonville 26. Uh, Until three minutes left in the third quarter, the score... (laughs) was 21 to 3 in favor of Cincinnati. So that means in the last 18 minutes of the game, Jacksonville scored 23 points to win. Now, the last score of a touchdown came on an interception returned uh for the touchdown. So it's not like it was all on their offense or whatnot. But uh one note that I had on here and I'm starting to see this uh occur quite often in, in this uh post Hugh Jackson um, offense is that both Hill and Gio are doing a lot of work. Now, granted, you know, with Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu moving on, there's not a whole lot there for them to work with in the sense of, you know, getting out and flooding those targets. I mean, plus Eifert's out, uh, Tyler Croft is still, you know, out as well. Uh, they do have LaFell. They now brought Boyd in via the draft, but after A.J. Green, your your running back seem to be your most reliable option. Well, in this matchup, Hill scored a touchdown on the ground. Geo got one in the air. And uh, so, you know, it looked really, really good for Cincinnati in the beginning. Uh, and then in the other running back battle that's going on right now, TJ Yeldon had five attempts for 34 yards rushing, while Irie had four attempts for four yards now, I'm still a firm believer in the fact that what's going to happen is Yeldon is going to be your third down catching back in the red zone, but he's going to be your main back from 20 to 20. Once you get into the red zone, you're going to see Ivory take over to punch it in. So if I want anyone in this, I want to have TJ Yeldon, if it's a PPR, if it's standard, I want Ivory late. Finally, before I let you go, I wanted to talk about briefly two guys that were released today uh, of note, uh, Ruben Randall and Chris Gibbons. Now, Chris Gibbons you can basically scratch off, but basically I put him on here because of name recognition. Um, however, Ruben Randall is someone who was who had come into Philadelphia uh, by way of being released from the Giants, and the popular theory was that he was going to come in and be the number two behind Jordan Matthews. Uh, but with that release, it looks like it's pretty solid that Nelson Aguilar is going to be given his baptism by fire this year. Uh, now, that being said, that's what the depth chart says. Now, they have DGB, so it makes sense for them to make a move. But the current depth chart has Nelson Aguilar and in that spot is the number one for that second side. Uh, but that could easily flip-flop by the beginning of the season. So it's pretty interesting what they're doing out there. DGB is a nice grab. 
I'm so happy it's working out to this point, but it'll be it'll be that much better if it's actually happening during meaningful games. With that, we will talk to you guys Tuesday night. This has been Luke Bisson. Thanks a lot.